0: Hello, welcome to Ocean Avenue, an adult animated comedy podcast, and I'm your host, Donnie. I'm changing up the format this episode. Um, I'll have a poll on Spotify, so if you have some time, please rate this format. I'm always striving to improve the podcast, as you know. Now, let's get back to business. Today is our second holiday episode by The Simpsons, and it's Season 7, Episode 11, Marge, Be Not Proud, The description on Hulu reads, When Bart's shoplifting arrest disappoints his mother, he desperately tries to win back her respect. I have so much love for this episode because as a kid, I related to it so much. And I can't wait to talk about it. But first, let's start off with the episode details. This is the 139th episode of The Simpsons, production code 3F07, Original air date is December 17th, 1995. The main characters are Marge, Bart, and Don Bronca. <laughs> Branca. Um, the, ca- the chalkboard gag is, I will stop talking about the 12-inch pianist. The couch gag is <laughs> the, you know, the plug where you pull it out of the ground and everybody gets sucked into the plug. The special guest voices are Larry Tierney as Don Bronca, and Phil Hartman as Troy McClure. The showrunner is Bill Oakley and John uh, Josh Weinstein uh, who guest stars in this episode also. The uh, it was written by Mike Scully and directed by Steve Dean Moore. And now the story. <laughs> so this is going to be a live outline for the uh, story. Normally I have the stories pre-written, but I was sick, so I wasn't able to do it the other day. So Now that I feel a lot better, I'm able to do this episode That's the reason why it's a little late, but, um, we'll just do a live outline meaning that I'm going to watch it and then describe all of the story events that I'm seeing instead of doing a watch along because a lot of people really, some people don't like them. So here we go. I'm going to start playing there (laughs) again. It's so loud in my headphones right now. So we have Bart, he's writing on the chalkboard about the 12 inch pianist again. Which I, that joke is really funny, especially when you're younger. You're like, oh my gosh, what is, this is so racy. And uh, <laughs> I, st- I can't get over that like part where they get sucked in, in the drain. I kind of miss those like really funny uh, couch gags. They don't really do couch gags anymore, which is kind of a bummer. I, I mean, I, I love those, but they are doing like after the episode things. So they have a crusty kind of Christmas, which is kind of messed up because if you get the first letter of the crusty kind of Christmas, they all start with K and it's messed up and the subsidiary of like a chemical corporation is also a company that does cupcakes so funny and then we have Krusty and he's trying to do a Christmas special which is basically totally against his religion because he is Jewish and he has all these carolers come in and they brought in Tom Landry so the South of South American presenter is, I think is Zhaochela or something. I think they were trying to make a joke on it. Shusha was just like a Brazilian performer. And I don't know if that's who they were trying to emulate. It's so funny. So we're seeing the kids, Um, well, Bart is really excited to play this game. It looks very similar to Mortal Kombat. And there's like a tank blowing a person up. It's really funny. And then Santa Claus just busts in like with crazy like electric grenades and everything or bazookas and shoves a cartridge into the system and then they're playing basically mortal kombat 2 maybe or mortal kombat 1 i really can't tell they have like tons of arms and it's called bone storm i remember as a kid watching that it used to crack me up because i was like this looks just like mortal kombat i'm like oh my god i used to love mortal kombat i'll get into that later in the episode so Marge is saying, saying that, sorry, I can't buy them because they it, it, it can cause up to and include $70, which is actually really expensive back then. And people complain about games now, they're only like $30 to $70 now. So could you imagine how much $70 was back in 1995? And so Homer doesn't really give a really good parental advice at this moment because Bart really has his heart set on it. And Marge is a coming in... <laughs> Doing the uh, sleepy train uh, routine that she has where she tucks Bart in and he, <laughs> she pats her caboose. <laughs> Bart is kind of frustrated and he's like, I'm not a kid anymore. And Mars just doesn't want to stop doing it because she loves uh, supporting her kid. <laughs> so Mars brings in a... <laughs> A uh, Forrest Gump reference of life is like a box of chocolates, and he begins hitting himself in a container, like a trash can, and hitting his uh, trash can over his head with a hammer. So Bart sees a sign at Comic Book Guy's store. It says, Bone Storm is 99 cents. And he's like, I have 99 cents. So apparently the game costs $59. He opens up his register and says, if you bought it for 99 cents, it'd be negative <laughs> $59. And he goes, here, just rob me or something like that. He says that the price was a rental price and he's all out. And then he offers Bart a Lee Carvello putting game or something. And Bart's kind of like disheartened about it. And as he's walking back home, he hears... <laughs> He hears a lot of noise, like bone storm sounding noises at Milhouse's house. And he walks in. He clearly has like a Sega Genesis controller. And then Bart walks in and goes, can I play with you, Milhouse? And uh, <laughs> Milhouse doesn't want him to play with him. Even though he goes, I only entered my name and his has been blown back. So he says Mar- Bart's swearing so he can get kicked out of the house so he can have, um you know, private time with the game. So Bart decides to go to the try and save and he's going to go walk around and see, you know, what, maybe if he looked lonely or sad that the someone will just hand him a game. I've never seen these kind of uh, game shells where you could just stick your hand in, but I guess it was a thing at the time. And uh, we see a spoiled brat kid. He's saying like a lot of things, like he has all the games and his mother is just like, I'll buy you whatever. I don't care. And he's kind of like really rude. And as the, we call the shopkeeper, I guess you want to call it or store assistant, leaves the door open to the video game cabinet and uh, leaves it wide open. He talks to uh, Jimbo and uh, Nelson at the moment and they're talking about things they swipe. Jimbo's hat is hilarious. He has like a football in it and Nelson just buys another vest because his old vest is kind of like beat up. So as they're walking away, Bar notices that the, you know, the, the door to the game section is open and Bone Storm is staring right at him. And he's like, what should I do? Should I take it? What can I do? What do you think he does? Come on, people. What do you think he's going to do? So his conscience is taking over. We're getting a knockoff Mario and Luigi. <laughs> and then we have a knockoff Donkey Kong. And then we have that putting game guy. And then we have knockoff Sonic and they're all convincing him to just take it because the store has a lot of money. and You have none. Just take it. So Bart basically just unzips his jacket, puts the game in and starts walking away. Hopefully nobody's going to notice, right? Do you think he's going to get caught? You think he's going to get away with it? Guess what? He thought he got away with it. He's like, yes, I did it. He's free. And then he gets caught by security. He's like, open your coat. And he's like, no. It's funny. He called him, sir. And <laughs> please step back in the store, sir. And then the rich mother is uh saying, oh, that boy made some big mistakes. And then her son says, shut up, mom, which is kind of messed up because she's providing him with everything he wants. And he's still rude to her. So uh, we have Santa Claus, and he's like kind of irritated that Bart stole something and crushes a candy cane in his hand. We're going into the back of the store, and in the back of the store, there's like a lot of really bad things. Everything's all falling apart, some ladies in her bra. And then he shows uh, Bart a video. The security guard pulls up a video of shoplifters. Beware! (laughs) Starring Troy McClure. So, Jory McClure obviously starts off with his, like, introductions of, if you see me and all these other things, which I find is so hilarious. I kind of wish they would bring that back, but they won't. So, he's explaining things in ancient, uh, I guess, Asia or Persia, that they would steal um, almonds or mesh. <laughs> so, he just keeps continuing on the video about ancient Babylonia. The, you know, Sheriff Brock... Uh, just breaks the TV and says, I can't believe you did that. And then Bart's like, I'll pay for it. Do you got any money? And he's like. <laughs> so he says, if I want smoke, I'll blowing up my ass. I will do something like that. <laughs> he's going to call his parents. But how does he know the phone number? Hmm? How does he even know his name yet? But he just brought him in right now. So interesting, right? so he's leaving a bunch of messages for uh, Marge and it's kind of a bland scene right now okay he hung up he said nobody's home he left it all on the answering machine (laughs) remember back then they had answering machines now it's just cell phones there's no like oh we'll hear it when we get home it's like we're here right now and so the security guard uh, security guard bronca Says, you're not allowed in here ever again. And he's a U.S., I guess, military captain at one point. He said he understood everything but Capiche. This is a really funny scene with the security guard, Bronca just eating one of those handy snacks or something like that with the cheese. It's so funny. (laughs) I used to love eating those as a kid. I can't eat them now. I wish I could. Has gluten and milk. So as he's rushing home to take away that answering machine tape, the other Simpson family members, including Homer, are flying down the road until so he decides to take a shortcut. And he notices there's zero messages on his answering machine, and the fact that it's missing a tape. <laughs> and Bart replaced the tape with, uh, like "Hello Mother, Hello Father" song. I can't remember the name. Of it. <laughs> is it Bobby Sherman or something? Alan Sherman. That's who it is. Camp Granada. <laughs> so marge opens up the refrigerator and there's like tons of eggnog like literally covered in eggnog it's like a supermarket display do you even like eggnog anybody out there i i'm okay with it i'm not a big fan i mean i'll drink it so uh marge is saying get your suit on we're taking our we're getting our christmas picture taken in the mall in the store i guess So Bart's in a good mood because he thinks he got away with it. He thought, well, I I messed up, made a mistake. And (laughs) so she mentions that it's going to be in try and save. And there's two teapots going off. And it looks like Bart's ears are blowing steam, which is really funny. So Bart has like this uh, nightmare that he's going to be in like Christmas jail, which is kind of funny. There's like, (laughs) it says proud home of the soap bar beating. (laughs) So I guess it's like a uh, shoplifting jail or something. Really funny. I kind of miss these like like imaginations like of a child moments they used to do. They don't really do that very often anymore. <laughs> when he got his present from the shoplifters jail it was a soiled wig. <laughs> so funny. So Bart decides to put a fake nose, some glasses, and I guess like a snow hat. And he imitates Richard Nixon, which is really funny. Apparently, that was made of gum or something because a dog ate it. <laughs> Marge is so desperate to have a good family photo. I mean, he's showing all the old family photos and as Bart making all these crazy faces in each one. Even one that says, I stink to Homer. <laughs> and Homer says, I don't remember saying that. So, as they're driving, Bart's getting kind of like panicky and they lock the doors and Sheriff Branca is uh, basically appearing in everywhere he looks and it's making him nervous like something bad's gonna happen (laughs) it was kind of funny he was smoking the ashtray was a perfect belt buckle so as they're inching closer and closer to the supermarket bart is becoming more and more concerned and sad lisa's super crazy happy and excited for some dictionaries for some reason (laughs) she's such a nerd To be fair, I did also like reading dictionaries as a kid, but not like that. It was more like, Ooh, I want to learn a new word kind of thing. (laughs) So Homer's like somebody's got tired little legs. And he picks up Bart and the, um, he, they just wander in into the store. The security cameras are everywhere. Bart is trying to avoid them as much as possible. (laughs) I like how the, the ATM says easy cash, which is really funny. Folding chair riot, 999. That's like almost a $20 chair. I guess it's not that bad. I'm always wondering about the conversions from the like 90s to now. I think it's like double, isn't it? Something like that. So now they're finally at the photo center. And we see tons of Flanders everywhere. He's even Time Magazine's man of the century, according to this uh, photography place. It's so funny. At the try and save, Bard notices that the security guards. <laughs> <laughs> he sees him walking around, Bart calls the photographer Axel Adams to hurry up. Maggie pulls out—I mean, Marge pulls out Maggie's, uh, you know, Binky pacifier—and she begins to cry. And the, <laughs> the photographer tries to in, uh, improvise and make her happy by breathing in a balloon to give himself a high-pitched voice, but it didn't work because it was just a regular balloon. So Sheriff Bronca, Sheriff, uh, Security Guard Bronca pulls Bart out of the group and basically threatens him. I told you not to be here. And he says he shoplifted and Marge is like, that's crazy, that can't possibly happen. He's a good boy. Uh, There's like a little crowd forming around them and it's making it really awkward for the family. Bart looks severely concerned about the situation. Marge is sticking up for her son because that's what mothers do, they stick up for their kids because you know, that's what you do. So it's actually December 21 when he shoplifted uh, Bone Storm. <laughs> he tried to stop the video from showing, but in actuality, the sheriff, the security guard, or whatever, plays it for everyone through like the multiple box TVs they used to have on the wall. Remember that? I mean, they still do TVs on the wall, but remember when there was like 400 of them on the wall? Now it's like, what, three or four? I mean, even at Best Buy, it's not that many. So Homer just begins just yelling random things. (laughs) He says, why do you think I watched all those Police Academy movies for fun? (laughs) I actually like watching Police Academy movies personally. They're pretty funny. I mean, they're really outdated jokes now. Like when you watch it, it's like, what? I can't believe they got away with that back then. So Homer is just making fun of the voice actor who did. I mean, the, the actor who does random voices. Bart looks like he's basically falling apart emotionally, and Marge is just dead emotionally to Bart. She just feels she's a bad mother. She wasn't able to raise a child that she thought was redeemable, and now she feels his actions make him re- uh, irredeemable. She hangs up the portrait, and it's like kind of crooked. It's not straight like she was hoping. Everything's not what she hoped. It was really ruined her Christmas time. And. Uh, <laughs> Lisa's like, I don't know mom as much as you have, but she's upset. <laughs> like she's like the bathroom rug. The rug looks disgusting. So Bart's concerned. He feels like, is this one of those forever type things? And uh, Lisa's like, I'm not exactly sure. Probably. So Bart's in bed and he's like, oh, here comes the snuggle train or something like that. Or We'll find out in a second. He's going to say it tuck in the express that's the name so he untucks himself hoping that marge will come in and she just walks and says good night and doesn't tuck him in so he knows something's up he knows that he screwed up really bad it's gonna be something that could be a lasting effect on his life he's not exactly sure he feels like his mom isn't gonna love him anymore bart's i mean homer is coming up with an insane amount of lists and things to uh, punish bart with and marge says like ever since he was a kid, he slipped away and he, she doesn't know what to do. And then Homer just, desi- just draws a robot cooking a hot dog. She feels like he, she's no longer his little baby anymore. And that she's out of touch with his uh, life. So days have passed, I guess. And now Bart is, uh, you know, it was the next day. Bart wakes up. He's like, you didn't wake me up. And he goes, you didn't put a marshmallow in here. He's starting to realize that he had it pretty good. And, this is the funniest scene. He puts a marshmallow in the cup and it swells up so much he can't even drink it. <laughs> and he starts slicing it, which is so funny. And then <laughs> Grandpa's like, hey, give me a slice. So Bart feels like he really screwed up his relationship with his mom. Milhouse is there. He's playing, he's not even playing Bone Storm, he just has it next to himself. And then he's like reenacting a movie. (laughs) So Bart's like, why aren't you playing bone storm? He's like, it got boring. So he started playing with a ball and a cup. And uh, this is a thing I'll bring up later. uh, That is a pretty much of a true statement. These games are like really important to you as a kid at the time. They kind of like don't matter in the end. (laughs) It's kind of funny. He hands him the bone storm game that he really wanted a couple days ago. And now they're fighting over the ball in a cup. <laughs> and then Milhouse screams, uh, Bart, mom's smoking, and Mrs. Mill, uh, Van Houten tries to kick him out. But Bart feels like she he misses like a mother's touch, a mother's love, and she wants he wants to spend time with her. <laughs> he goes, Can I stay home here and do mom stuff with you? So they decide to uh what do you call it? Lick envelopes and sending cards. So, he gets really suspicious of, like, all these friends as he's putting the stamps on the envelopes. So, as he's doing the stamp thing, she's, like, uh, talking about, you know, how she's related and knows these people. And he's like, oh, really? And she's like, what's going on here? So, they did, uh, as he gets home, the family has done snowmen or people. So, we have them basically doing one recreations of themselves, except for Homer, who decided to give himself abs. So they use up all the snow, and even there's a lot of snow on the roof. And he says, "Bart, you can use the snow that's underneath the car." So he's got this dirty snow, and he makes his snow uh, person, and it looks really dirty and sad, which is a really good um, analogy when it breaks apart. And it really is a good analogy to his life because everybody else is so pure and clean, and he's dirty. You know that's why he's got the dark snow. So uh, Nelson, who has a jacket now, which is interesting, like a sweater. He said he stole a wheelbarrow wheel. Oh, If you're hearing knocking noises, it's my Christmas decorations hitting the side of the house. So, (laughs) so, first of all, Bart goes in to try and save. And then we have Marge and Lisa. They're like spraying an insane amount of uh, that canned snow on the Christmas tree. And it looks like frosting is so thick. Marge is, you know, kind of basically slowly forgiving him and but notices that he might be stealing again and he has something under his jacket and she's getting really upset about it. (laughs) she goes, I spent 23 hours a day here at the house. Homer pulls out the baby gate to prevent Bart from leaving. He always find it funny how like the, the Simpson home is like different sizes all the time. It's like super big and then small and some other time. So he hands him a photograph of him. And he's like, I got you this for Christmas. And then Marge cries. And she hugs him and kisses him all over Because he's now proud of him. That she, he is redeemable, redeemable. He is a good person deep down inside. That he's not a broken or lost soul. And... Uh, so <laughs> I love this. So she places the photograph within the photograph that she originally took. And it actually balances out the photograph. So now it's level again. And so... <laughs> Lisa was like, why does Bart get to have a present early? I should get one present. I'm a good person. And then Marge is like, you have to wait. So Marge hands Bart his uh, what he really wanted. He got he thought it was bone storm, but he got (laughs) Lee Carvello's putting challenge. (laughs) So funny. I love that. So in the far distance, we get to see the Simpson home. And then we have uh, all of the snow people in front of the home. With Bart screwed up one in the corner. <laughs> and my favorite scene of all time in the Simpsons is this ending credit scene of Lee Carvello trying to play the putting game. Well, Bart trying to play the game. And he goes, You've selected three wood. You have to enter. He's like. Select how much strength you want to put. You said you selected power drive and then he like knocks the ball into the parking lot, which is so funny. And the <laughs> ball is in parking lot. Would you like to play again? <laughs> and <party> selects no. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so fun. All right. So uh, up next, I'm going to talk about his trivia. So um, here's first trivia. A similar plot was used in the short shoplifting where Bart shoplifts candy from a grocery store and gets caught. The voice of the juvenile Hall Santa is Bart's fantasy, who looks like Larry the Lush from Moe's Tavern. is provided by then show co runner Josh Weinstein because none of the voice actors were able to replicate the sound of someone being partially cut off by a low quality speaker. I'm assuming the uh, uh, you don't get, you know, on the speaker. <laughs> like that, I'm assuming. <laughs> so, Bart steals a video game on December 21st, according to the surveillance video. Yeah, I noticed that. The episode premise was based on an incident in the episode where Mike Scully's childhood, in which he stole from a store and later returned the item. This is the last episode to air in 1995. This is the second episode where Harry Schreier doesn't voice any of his regular characters, as none of them appear. The first was Treehouse of Horror, excluding King, and the third will be The Simpsons Guy Due to Harry Schreier's protest against the crossover. Interesting. This episode was broadcast exactly six years after the very first full-length episode of The Simpsons, Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire, despite some Enchanted Evening being produced as the first episode of the show. Running gag... House lies on his mom by tallying on Bart, saying that he's swearing or smoking whenever Bart gets into a fight with him over the toys. Josh Weinstein, the show co-runner at the time, called Larry Tierney's appearance the craziest guest star appearance we've ever had. In addition, at yelling at and intimidating employees of the show, Tierney made unreasonable requests such as abandoning his distinctive voice to the part of the American Southern accent and refusing to perform lines if he did not get the jokes. For example, he refused to do the answering machine gag as was written since he didn't understand why Bracca would keep talking despite no one being on the line. So Weising had to stand in the recording booth and ad-lib some responses from Marge and later edit them out. Oh, that's fun. And here's some goofs. Maggie appears in every Christmas photo even though she is just one. Oh. <laughs> that's really funny. She's only one years old. So then how could they have taken, how can they have been, there could have been other occasions, however, which is true. It's just really funny when Marge is lifting Bart, uh, lifting Bart up to kiss him, Bart's head and eyes are bigger than Marge's, even though they're roughly supposed to be about the same, same size heads. <laughs> when Luann Van Houten courting Bart out of her house, they are shown walking down a flight of stairs, even though their house was shown earlier being a single story. And that's interesting, too, right? The second time Marge goes to tug Bart in at night, it's shown that Bart has a framed picture of Krusty next to his bed. And the next shot, it changes to Krusty, uh, Krusty Telephone. Hmm. OK, so here's my thoughts on this episode. When I was a kid, I was obsessed with The Simpsons, as you know. I think I mentioned it before. And I was obsessed with Mortal Kombat. Uh, my parents wouldn't let me buy the game. They're like, we're not going to spend money on a game that promotes all this kind of murders and violence and everything. I was like, okay. Back in rentals, there was a place like Hollywood Video where you could rent for like 99 cents, just like how Bart saw comic book guy was renting out games for 99 cents. And uh, they didn't really care about background checks or ages or whatever. So um, I was able to rent the game. And I, and I played it. And my parents were very upset with me. They are like, I can't believe you were playing that game, even though we told you not to play it. And I was like, I just want to know how it was about. And they're like, so they watched me play. And they're like, it's pretty bad. But they're like, it's not as bad as like watching a fighting movie or whatever. And I'm like, see, so they didn't care. But uh, I think people really overhyped how bloody it was because I think it was just basically like spritz of blood or something. It really wasn't anything really that bad. I think the fatalities are really what people like got upset about. And I was not able or talented enough to do it at the time. (laughs) I was very young. So most of it was just punching and kicking. There really wasn't anything gory because I could never do those fatalities as a kid. But um, I really related to this episode with Bart because he really wanted that Bone Storm game, which was basically a play on Mortal Kombat. And um, we have uh, Marge upset with his uh, son because he stole. And it really made her feel sad and felt like she was a failure as a mother. And I I understood that. I never experienced that myself. I've never stolen anything in my life. But I can see how she can feel so downtrodden over the fact that her son... Who she thought, even though he was a bad kid, did have a little good in him. But this just proved there really wasn't anything. And he was not redeemable as a person. And that sweet, sweet story at the end where he did get a picture of himself. And they put it on the picture on top of the family picture. And it evened it out. That got to me. Even when I was a kid, I was like, that's deep. It, it's like a deep little like scene. And you learn a lot from that. You realize that, hey... You know, the, even though you make mistakes in life and you do things that are wrong and you're if you're a good person, you should have a second opportunity and then, you know, do it, do the right thing and improve your life and change things. And, you know, it could cause balance in, in your life and of people around you. So I really appreciated that entire symbolism of that frame. Um, when I was a kid, also, I remember watching this uh watching this. I remember when I was a kid. There were other kids in my class that were stealing, especially some, for some reason, many of the girls stole a lot. They were stealing lipstick and makeup and stuff, and they were like, constantly brag about it in school. I remember being in, I think I was middle school, maybe? Maybe. I don't even think that. Maybe. So I remember I was in, I think I was in middle school, and the kids were, like, talking about, oh, I got lip gloss. I just went and stole it. I just took it out and put it in my pocket. And I'm like, wow, that's really scary. I was like, these are some bad people. <laughs> I was such a, I went to, I went to Catholic school and I was a, uh, altar boy. Uh, I did everything that you could possibly imagine with, um, church and, uh, I was in youth group and fundraising and volunteering and all that stuff. So I was one of those kids where right off of school, went to church, went to youth group, went to train, I mean, just random projects after school, also playing Mortal Kombat. So. (laughs) Now you can see why they didn't want me playing it because it's like, you're such a good proper child. And then you're over here playing a violent game. Uh, I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, it's just a game. So whatever, you know, that's, I guess, I guess it's like a thing in in young boys. just want to like play violent games or whatever. I don't know what it is. Plus marketing, I guess also kind of like got involved, but so yeah, marketing is definitely involved in Christmas time. They'll make you want anything, even a spoon, They can market a spoon and sell out, sell out spoons like in a minute. It's crazy. So uh, what really made me love about this episode was uh, how, you know, their storylines are realistic. They're relatable. They're fun to watch. It's interesting. We have, um, it wasn't even a fast paced episode. It was very slow, but it like in real time. It didn't feel like it was too quick or too slow. It felt an even pacing and even, like we get moments where Bart is just in bed sad and they actually just hold the scene there. They don't like jump to another cut of a joke or something. They're holding the scene to show the gravity of his feelings at that moment. When he goes into a store, it's quiet and we only hear checkout noises. There is no like, ha ha ha, I gotta throw a joke in there. It's like you're you're feeling the dread that he is having as he's walking into a store where he did something that he shouldn't have and he feels the pain of it. He goes and when he goes to the back of the room, which is kind of funny in a way because it's all dilapidated and falling apart and we have people like half nude in the, in the corner, but it's to show that it's not where you're going from somewhere that was you know cheery funny on the outside but it was actually kind of dark on the inside and when he went into the 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 private area for the security department it was obviously a punishment for him he felt upset about it he knows that he did something wrong and now he's going to have to pay those consequences and the in the rea- the repercussions that he made at that moment there is more to it than just jokes in this episode it is an emotional roller coaster for people that are interested in Bart's storyline or people who are interested in Marge's storyline. Her storyline starts off with such so much pride and hopefulness for the holiday season and wanting to have a photograph with the family that is proper enough to display and be proud of, as opposed to Bart who constantly uses the opportunity to make jokes and gags, while she just wants one photo of the family together in a loving way and it's just constantly falls apart when it gets to that point and it feels like she just can't get that because Bart doesn't take it seriously, doesn't care about her feelings, doesn't care about what she wants. It's only what he wants and it makes him, makes her feel sad. It's like, why can't you just be a good boy? Why can't you just be a person of some sort of emotion towards what, you know, outside of your own gravity, you know, your own world. Is not, it's not the world's not focused on just you, Bart. It's focused on everyone. You're just part of a world, and you need to understand that other people around you are affected by your actions. And I think this episode really got to that effect. To Bart, like, yeah, I get away with so many things, and this is the time where it didn't 100% go my way. And the the, the real world of like the the real world repercussions from this are so intense that he's realizing this is going to be a moment that I might have to deal with for the rest of my life if I don't somehow fix it because I didn't realize it was that bad and that's something that I think even some adults have problems with they still are kind of selfish they're still kind of in their own their little like world of enjoyment and not realizing that things that they are doing are really affecting people they love and care about and some of them are afraid to say things to them because it's like, I don't want to hurt them because they're hurting themselves or they're doing something that none of us approve or whatever, but it's it's really like, it dependent on the person that is doing those things. In Bart's case, he's just trying to get what he wants and that's all that matters to him. He steals something, okay. He he felt triumphant when he left this building and is like, I did it, I, I got what I wanted and he goes there's no there's going to be no consequences to that but then when he did get consequences it really it shifted his emotional um his, his emotional journey now it went from being i'm the best blah 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 and then when he thought he got away with it by hiding the tape thinking like they're never going to see that they're never going to notice that this, this is going to be something that i'll just keep to myself that no one's going to get hurt by it and in reality even then even though he was able to do it and he felt proud for that moment getting away with it those things came back to haunt him. And that's the moment where he was like, I think life isn't going to be as how I thought it was going to be. And yeah, this is a lesson he learned this episode and he learns it many times after, but he never truly learns. It feels like i of course are not going to let them grow as uh, characters because they're on a floating timeline, which means it's a timeline that just evolves with what's happening in the real world. So we, there's no definite date, no definite... I mean, they don't age, you know, stuff like that. I understand. But it would be kind of full, cool if they actually had some sort of emotional evolution. Like in, this, in, in uh, in Bob's Burgers, some of the characters actually do evolve. I mean, they things they've done in the past do eventually uh, affect them in the future. Like being afraid of things or people or conversations or doing things that... They previously did, and they don't want to do it again, like you know. And that, like, if let's say they dropped a spatula in episode 10 and there was a big drama about it, they know, Oh, we're not gonna do that again. You know, they actually do learn stuff. Bart doesn't really technically learn anything in any episode, I mean, he learns that episode, but nothing carries over, which is understandable because it is a sitcom and whatever. But it would be interesting if maybe he learns a little bit and that carries over and eventually you know, becomes a little bit of a more rounded character by that. But I'm getting too deep into that. So I truly enjoy this episode. Hopefully my ramblings aren't too bad on this. Maybe you do enjoy it. Maybe you don't. That's the reason why I have the poll. I want to know if this format is better or worse or pretty much you don't care. It's the same. <laughs> it's kind of, uh, I, I want to see uh what's the best system uh, I try to add the ads in the beginning because I think when I listen to a podcast I just want to get through the ads and just get to the content but I'm looking at the my uh, my algorithms and stuff like that my uh, analytics and it shows that some people just when they the ads come in they tune out and they're like nope so I was like well maybe if I put the ads towards the end after I've done most of my breakdown for the episode and then do my thoughts at the very end because some people don't care about my thoughts I mean we're gonna be honest it's just how it is it's part of life so if you're interested in my thoughts then you can after the ads just stay around and listen and you know chill moment and just talk about it talk about the show talk about everything so hopefully this works out for y'all it works out for me a little bit because I can get through a lot of information that feels kind of to me like it's like over stimulating amount of information you're going to get in the beginning. You're going to get the details, the trivia, the storyline, there's a lot of information to get in the beginning part. And then if you're just looking for like, you know, some people like myself, I just like the vamping and the talking part, like listening to it when other people are doing it. And I kind of enjoy doing it too myself. I am only one person. I don't have uh, like someone to interview or feed off of or anything. Which is a very hard skill to learn. I thought that was something I was never going to figure out because I'm—I've only listened to podcasts with just two people, rarely ever listened to with just one, and uh, I understand why it's harder to do. And I think people don't give me enough credit for realizing that it is very difficult to do an entire podcast by yourself and try to make it a comedy podcast. It's not easy, and I'm not a comedian. I just like to do goofy things, so. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's not an easy thing. Uh, I try my best to help, you know, like get everything done, like, you know, in a way that's like, you know, cohesive and I try to have a breakdown and stuff like that. And this episode I had to do a live outline because I wasn't feeling good. And obviously if you couldn't tell my voice keeps fading away, uh, in this episode because I'm dealing with the temperature changes, uh, here in Florida and, uh, you know, a lot of things are happening, uh. I'm meeting a lot of people in general. So it's kind of like, you don't know if anyone's sick and you're going to get something. But personally, I think what happened was, uh, there's a lot of dry air and I live in a very humid area. So I think it dried out my throat and, um, it's, the temperature change also affects me. I get headaches and everything really quickly and then it goes away. So it could just be that, but, uh, just, uh, I'll hopefully get through it this uh, season without any problems. So, what i'm going to do is talk about the next episode is going to be uh well i don't i don't want to say the dates anymore i don't want to say monday wednesday friday anymore i want them out on monday wednesday friday but sometimes things happen and this is one of those situations so we'll have uh three episodes a week and the last episode of the week will be bob's burgers which is probably the friday (laughs) probably this friday it's uh, going to be another Christmas episode. I don't know if it'll be one or two, but if it's going to be one, it's going to be a similar format to this. And I'll once again, ask if you thought this format was any good. And if you like it and we'll continue on, um, then we'll have on, we'll Sunday, the new airings of the premiere episode. So hopefully I'll have that one out as soon as possible, right after it airs. So we'll continue. Hopefully, uh, it, you know, the new format works and, And, um, you know, y'all like it. Hopefully, we'll see. (laughs) So, until the next episode, bye bye.